What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Robcast, episode number nine. Just me this week, so I got a solo episode for y'all, and I hope y'all enjoy it. So let's get right into it. I posted, uh, asked me a question on Instagram, so I got a few, so let me get into these. Question number one, what do you act like off the podcast? I act the same as I am now. What you get is, what you see is what you get with me on here. So the way that I act here is the way that I act in real life. Or in person is a better word, in person. Question number two, what's your favorite drink besides water? My favorite drinks are iced tea, unsweetened, Miller Lite, which is a beer, and then your whiskey, either on ice or in a cocktail. All three of them, wait, yeah, all three are just super refreshing. I'm not too fan of sweet drinks because then I get thirsty and then I end up just drinking water again. But those are, those are my choices. Question number three. What are your top five rap albums and why? None of these are in particular order, but the first one I wrote down was Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle. I love that album just because, so when I first discovered Nipsey, I thought his music was corny because all he would talk about is the grind. And I know it's it's stupid on my part for thinking that's corny because it's facts. You know, the, the grind and the life's not a, life isn't a race, it's a marathon. And that just stuck with me. So that's why. Album number two, College Dropout by Kanye West. So I think when this album dropped, I was, damn, either three or I was five years old. I don't know. But I heard my big cousins blasting Kanye, this album specifically. It was on the iPod when, when, we, when it first came out. So that, it's just nostalgic for me. Whenever I hear it, it just sounds like the early 2000s and it brings back just a flood of memories. That's why I love it. Album number three is the documentary by The Game. I choose this one because when I first started getting into rap, so I always grew up loving rap music because it was always playing in my house. But when I was 11, I really started getting into rap music where I was actually doing my research on rappers and albums. And the first one I actually got into was the documentary. Because it sounded familiar, it had songs that I knew, but that was the album that got me into Doctor's Advocate. And from the Doctor's Advocate, I got into Dre, and then from Dre, I got back to Tupac, and then from Tupac, I got into N.W.A. And from N.W.A., I started discovering rappers from present time, which was 2011. So I got into Mac Miller, ASAP Rocky. So that 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 album just did it all for me. It opened up my mind to rap music. Album number four is Views by Drake. Not his best album, not his worst. But when this album came out, I was a sophomore in high school. I had just met my girlfriend. Life was good. Um, yeah, life was good. It was just so simple. And when I hear those, when I hear any song on that album, I just think of that year, sophomore year, that was great for me. Did great in baseball. Hung out with my friends a lot. I made new friends. Yeah, it was just a good time. The last one, album number five, is All Eyes on Me by Tupac. This one, I don't really know why it's a favorite. It's just, I don't know. I can't really explain. I can't explain why I love it. That, that's a hard one. But it's just classic. And I have it on vinyl, too. So it just, sound, it just sounds great. Question number three. Your top three must-watch movies of all time. Number one. 
These are in order. Number one, Batman the Dark Knight. The movie's just flawless. Other than the fight scenes, the fight scenes are mid compared to the new Batman. But back then, it was dope. But that movie just has so much like philosophical, not like philosophical, like, like a friend of mine says, nuggets in that in that movie. And when you pick, when you piece them apart, they really go together with people today, situations today, even the battles in your mind. Number two is Pulp Fiction by Quentin Tarantino. That movie, again, just classic. The vibe, the story. There's so many theories, too, with that movie. That you, and Quentin Tarantino himself doesn't even say. Like, um, for example, if, you, if anybody's ever watched it, when he opens up a briefcase, it glows. And people say or speculate that in the briefcase is Marcellus Wallace's soul. But when people bring it up to Tarantino, he denies it or he doesn't even answer the question. So Pulp Fiction's cool. And there's a lot of good dialogue in it. Like the Jimmy situation, even just conversations in the actual movie. But yeah, Pulp Fiction's number two. And number three is The Other Guys with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Movie's just hilarious. I can quote it from the beginning to the end. It just, I can't get tired of that movie. It's not even the best movie. It's just funny to me. Question number five. If there was one thing you could do without any sort of consequences, what would you do? I would hack a bank and put an abundance of cash into my account. I can't get caught for it. I can't get in trouble. So I'll just keep putting money in my account until I had too much money. Which is super impractical because then they'll track it and be like, why is this, you know, where's this money coming from? You know, but this is all hypothetical. But that is a selfish answer. That's just what would help me. But if I had, a, for my answers that I wrote down that would help the greater good, is I would find the cure to cancer that they're hiding and expose it and change the world. Then I'd probably get whacked after. But no consequences, so I would live freely. Question number six. Do you think the best MMA fighters are really fighting professionally? At first, I didn't understand this question. Well, I did understand it, but then I, I overthought the question, and then I got the question wrong. But um, I cleared it up, and um, basically it means, do I really think, do I think that the best fighters ever living now or fighting in the UFC or Bellator? And my answer is no. There's probably some badass living in Thailand in the jungle that can break trees with his legs. And it, it's a thing. I've seen them. I've seen it on video. They are The people that I watch are professional fighters, though. They're pros that are on video. But there's probably, like, a village of people that are just killers that can just kill people with their bare hands. And there's probably, like, ninjas hiding around, too, in Japan. Just warriors, you know? So, so no, I don't think the best, the absolute best are fighting professionally. Question number seven. Do you think alien life exists? Do you think we've made contact with them before? So I have two theories. Theory number one is that aliens are evolutionary descendants of humans and they visit from the future or a different world somewhere deep in space because we destroyed the earth and we had to um, migrate somewhere else. And 
My second theory is that aliens are a different life form that helped humans um, that helped humans develop early life. But yeah, I think if we have made contact with them, there's just been way too many sightings and too many speculations of the government making contact with them that it hasn't happened. But yeah, I think definitely that aliens and the powerful are in cahoots. Next question. If you could fight anyone dead or alive, who would it be? I would fight John D. Rockefeller because I hate him. I have many reasons, but he just seems like a douche. And I'll fight him. But I'll say why. Why not? You know, I, I got to give some explanation. I would fight John D. Rockefeller because he has this quote, and it's always stuck with me, that he don't want a nation full of thinkers. He wants a nation full of workers. And why? Why, why would he not want any thinkers? Because thinkers don't put money in his pocket. And the public school system is based off of his ideology. And everybody knows the public school system in general isn't great. What makes the public school system better is the teachers that care about what they're doing. But there aren't many of those these days. Good, good teachers are hard to come by. I've had a, and I've been lucky to have a handful of really good teachers that I still, um, their, their ideologies and their methods, I still practice today in my life. Shout out to Raven Cisco, and shout out to uh, Mark Holston. Those are, those are my top two teachers. And those are just high school teachers. I've had other teachers before that I love, but those two really stuck with me. Uh, next question. Upcoming generation and TikTok's social media influence on children's young developing minds. This is a good question, and it's tough because, you know, us young adults look at the kids now and we're like, man, like, what are these fools doing on TikTok, doing everything for TikTok, creating dances, um, just, you know, creating clout for themselves. But back in 2013, 2012, 2011, you know, we were doing the same thing, but we were doing it for YouTube, trying to go viral, you know? So, I mean, I feel like TikTok's a little more cringe than YouTube, but, you know, that's just my opinion. But I think kids need to, um, I guess, not kids, but the younger generations need to realize that social media isn't real. And I think a lot of them haven't grasped that yet. Everything you see on social media isn't real. Yeah, it's real, but it isn't, it's not the whole, it's the, the whole success thing on, on social media isn't the final product. It's the final product, but you don't see the grind. You don't see the failure that got them to that success. You don't see the ugly. All you see is the good. And that's where I think the generation is getting it twisted, that they think you have to be perfect. And everyone knows that perfectionism is, you know, it's, it's rare or it doesn't happen at all. What are your top five favorite songs? This is a tough question. I had to think about this for at least 30 minutes. But my top, and I'm all over the place when it comes to music, so my top five songs don't really go with my top albums. But first song, and these are, these are not in particular order. These are just random, random songs that I love. But um, the first one I wrote down was Yes, I'm Ready by Barbara Mason. 
And I love this song just because it's, it's beautiful. It's a flawless song. And I believe she wrote it and performed it when she was 17 years old. And um, this is probably like 50s, 40s. I could be wrong in the year, but it's somewhere in that range. Before the 80s, for sure. Before the 70s. I think TV was still in black and white when she made the song. But yeah, the song is just beautiful. Number two is Slow Dancing in a Burning Room by John Mayer. That song, man, it's just the guitar is beautiful. And the message is great. It's sad, but it's great. So if, for those who haven't heard it, he um, he says that I'm assuming the way I the way I uh, damn it, what's the word? The way I perceive the song, or my iteration of the song, is that him and a woman are like their relationship, their love is diminishing quickly and they're slow dancing in a burning room yeah it's a given right slow dancing in a burning room with you know title title and stuff but think about it think about it your love life your relationship is plummeting but you're trying to save it but instead of saving it you guys both know it's it's going down but instead of um just ending things you just let it you let it die out like a candle so you're, in a, you're, in, you're slow dancing while the room is burning and it's going to collapse onto you. And eventually it's going to be the death of both of you. And um, yeah, it's sad, but beautiful song. Song three is Western Road Flows by Drake. And Alicia, if you're listening to this, you know why I love this song. But this goes back, this song is actually on the Views album. And when the song came out, um, I, remember this, I still remember this day very vividly. I was in my math class, sophomore year when the song came out on the album and it was cloudy outside and uh, the album cover of Views is a cloudy, the, I forget the name, but the Toronto Tower looks like the like the Space Needle, but um, cloudy and it just, it fits so right with that day and uh, the sample's good, um, the lyrics are great, but yeah, Western Ruffles is cool and uh the fourth one is Why You Hate the Game by The Game and Nas. I heard this song when I was, I believe I was probably nine. It was on my iPod. My mom actually put music on my iPod, so whatever she had on her iPod went on my iPod. But by that time, it was the iPhone. So whatever's on her iPhone got on my iPod. And this song was on there. I don't. I still don't know to this day if the song was sampled, but there's choir. Um, there's a quote that Nas says. He says I could show them something about his fortunes and that he could show them the water, but he can't make them drink it. Sorry, let me let me go back. He says, I could show them the water, but can't make them drink it. And I could show them my fortunes, but I can't make them think rich. And every time I hear that song, man, I get chill. Every time I hear that line, actually, I get chills. And at the end, like, I think at six minutes, it's just the game does like a little monologue. And then it's just choir and I can't tell you how many times, an uncomfortable amount of times I've I've li- I've only listened to six, the six time stamp and to the end and gone back to six to the end. But um, if you haven't listened to that song, listen to it. It's, it's a great song. It's honestly his best song on that album. There's Doctor's Doctor's Advocate was a flop in my opinion because Dre wasn't really on it, and Dre made the game. Un- that's my uh, unpopular opinion. But yeah, why you hate the game goes hard. 
And last song is All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. So I love this song because I think it was 2017, the summer of 2017, Mafia 3 came out. And on the Mafia 3 trailer, um, the main character, Lincoln Clay, he's driving down the bayou in Louisiana because the game is based in Louisiana in 1968, I believe. Um, but anyway, he's just driving. And he look, he's looking through radio stations, and he can't find that he a station he likes. And he finally comes across it, and you just hear the beginning of that song, and it goes like, he goes and he, and he goes, oh, I can't say it, but damn, that song is just too damn tough. But yeah, that song just gets me going, gets my engine running. But yeah, that's it for my questions. Um, I have two topics for y'all today. And um, so for any of you that listened to my last my last episode with Junior, a.k.a. Yoda, and Gesso, I talked about DMX. And um, ever since then, um, since that day, I started getting into DMX a lot more than I was before. And I watched a documentary about him. And that dude just, I, I didn't know any of this before. I just knew him as an artist and his his achievements. But DMX went through a lot growing up. He was abused by his mom physically, by his mom and her and his mom's uh, boyfriends. So this dude's like trauma started from a very, a very early age and just progressed and got worse up until he passed away last year. But I watched an interview. I forget with who it was. But I guess it was like, it wasn't really much of an interview. It was more like a podcast, and um, I was bothered when I first watched it because, for those of you that don't know, um, DMX has struggled with with alcoholism and drug abuse forever since he was probably like in his late teens. And in this podcast, there's just him talking. He's clearly not in the right mind. You know, he's he kind of sounds um like a thousand levels above anxious. Like he's just like, uh, uh, uh. like you have to really try to understand him, to, to really grasp what he's saying. But anyways, he's in this interview, and it's on video. He's on a table like this. Probably it's a lot bigger, but there's fools rolling blunts. There's fools drinking. There's alcohol bottles all over the place in front of them and behind them. And I just felt like it was inappropriate because I'm like, here you, it's no secret that D, if you're a fan of the of rap and DMX, you know. It'd be common sense to not put this shit in front of him, but they did anyways. But um, I, I I found a gem in that interview. I think it was like an hour long or something like that. But he he uh, talked about a butterfly when he was a, a child. And the story was, or it goes, that when he was a little boy, he saw a butterfly outside of his grandma's house when he was playing. And he thought it was the most beautiful thing he had ever seen in his life. And he chased the butterfly all over his grandma's yard. And he stepped on flowers, stepped on the neighbor's flowers, ruined the neighbor's grass. And when he finally caught it, he fell. And he fell on all the flowers and all the plants. And he ruined a lot of, he, he, made, a, he made a mess while he was trying to catch this butterfly. And I quote, he says, I, I caught the butterfly and I fucked up all the flowers and I ended up fucking up the butterfly too. So when he fell, he fell forwards and landed on the butterfly as he fell. 
And he ended up trying to save the butterfly by putting it in a jar and it eventually died. But the main message was that he ended up killing the most beautiful thing in his life because he wanted to keep it for himself. And the beauty of the world, you should just appreciate it. I thought the story was beautiful because it comes from DMX, someone that's so, you know, damaged. You know, I just, I thought it was beautiful. And you can, you can really um, put that story, you know, in analogy with, or in comparison, comparison or contrast, I forget the one, but you could really um, compare it to your relationships with people, you know? There's a lot of people that, are in toxic relationships and instead of letting that person go they try to keep them around and it ends up hurting them both ends up making a whole line of mess for each other same thing with family and same thing with your friends but yeah that's that's that um i apologize if that makes anybody sad but that's just the harsh reality of life and that's my you know i gotta speak my truth and uh, to leave this episode on a sorry to leave this episode on a nice note, um, I want to tell y'all a story that I recently thought about that I remember I've remembered from middle school. So there was one day. I forget what month, but it was a cold morning. I got to school early. I would skate to school, and when I would skate to school, um, I would meet up with my homies that went to the same school, and we would skate before um, the rest of the students got there because it was empty. And when you're growing up, I know back in like, you know, 90s, 70s, you and your friends hang out a lot. But in this day and age, I went summers without seeing, I mean, a summer without seeing my friends. And we didn't really hang out after school. So um, the morning was all we really had to hang out other than recess and lunch. But sorry, getting back to the story, I got to school early and my friends hadn't get, gotten there yet. So I had to hang out with um, some acquaintances. They weren't really my friends, but I guess they were my friends, but we weren't close. Like, they weren't in my group. I just knew them because we had grown up together, you know, pretty essentially. And um, I'm skating. I'm minding my business, and I'm near them. You know, I'm, I'm you know, in and out of conversation with them, just kicking it. And uh, three dudes passed by, passed by the, by the fence at school. And um, one of the dudes that I was near decided to be a good idea to yell at them and thinking they weren't going to do nothing. And that dude yells, and excuse my language, but he yells, Hey faggots. And all three of these fools turn around and one was freaking pissed. He hops the fence and his homies hop the fence too. And mind you, these kids were a lot bigger than, than I was. They weren't in high school. They were in middle school like us, but they were just developed. And the first dude that hops the fence, hops the fence, and he walks. And I wasn't about to get caught in this. So I followed everybody else and tried to run in. I ran inside of a classroom. And I'm watching from the window all this shit go down. And this dude that, he was huge. He had long hair, and he was he was pretty buff for a 13-year-old. But he was like street buff. He wasn't bodybuilder buff. And um, I just hear him, and my teacher like, he gets, he gets, he intervenes, right? He walks out. He has no clue what's going on. He just sees that there's these three dudes that don't go to our school trying to, trying to cause more trouble. And he opens the door and he's like, 
this kid's like, where the fuck did they go? Blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna kick their ass, and my my teacher's like, "No, you're not kicking nobody's ass. You need to leave. You need to leave campus. You don't go to school here." And he's trying to escort this kid out, and his homies are just in the back trying to look tough. And this fool's doing all the talking. And I open the door because I want to hear what's going on, and I hear, "Fuck that!" Blah 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 blah. And then he drops the set that he was that he was he was banging from. I don't know if it's a set or what, but he's like, "Blah blah blah." JBF click, I'll be back. He's throwing up gang signs, and then he walks away. In my opinion, everybody got lucky. Again, I wasn't involved. I was just there. But I took this opportunity to mess with them a little more. Not the people that they yelled at, but the dudes that I was at school with. So I let two days pass after all that shit went down. And I, mind you, Remember, I said this kid had long hair. So, I tell nobody that I'm doing this. But I had bought a wig at Daiso, because back in the day I was into making short films at home. So I would wear like a wig to act like I was a biker dude or a chick, whatever. And I take that wig and I put it in my backpack. And I walk to school. Two days later, and I see everybody that was involved at school minding their business. And my boy Danny was there, so I tell him, "Hey, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, you know, just go with it, whatever." And I go in the bathroom and I put this wig on and I put a hat over the wig so it looks a little more, um, damn, what's the word? A little more convincing. So I put the hat on. I leave my back. I put my backpack on. And I walk kind of far, where they can't really see me. They could see like the silhouette of me and they can see the hair, but they can't see my face. Too clear where they'll know it's me that I'm messing around. So I'm there, and then I yell, hey, motherfuckers, and they turn around, and it clicked for them that it was most likely that guy. So I chase them all through campus. I'm chasing these, these fools, and they're shitting their pants. And um, I finally get to, I get them into, um, you know, these fools eventually split up. And then my boy Pablo's coming up the stairs with his board in his hand, and he sees me, and he knows what went down the day, a couple of days before. He sees me. He drops his board and drops his backpack and runs into the into the office right by him. Dropped everything he had brought with him from home. Everyone scattered. I'm running. And then uh, my eighth grade teacher grabs me and he's like, hey. And I turn around. I turn around, you know, trying to let him know, hey, oh, it's me, it's me, it's me. And he lets me go and he goes, Jesus Christ, you almost gave me a heart attack. But uh, yeah, that was a funny story and yeah, I was a little fucker back in the day, but I'll never forget that. And uh, I want to leave off this episode with a quote for you for you guys. And the quote is, it's not really a quote because I'm just piecing it what I remember from it. So I, it could be a little wrong with the wording. But the quote is, you may not be able to change the whole world, but you could change all of yours. Straight facts. Maybe you can't change the whole world, but you can change yours. And when you change your world for the better, it's bound to change everyone else, everyone else's world around you. But yeah, guys, that's that's episode nine. Hope y'all enjoyed it. All right. Until next time.